Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group. Next steps for your agency's IT modernization journey. It's Thursday, February 16th, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. The Department of Health and Human Services has a new Deputy Chief Information Officer. Jennifer Wendell has joined HHS after a 26-year stint at the FBI, where she was most recently Section Chief for Enterprise IT Governance. Wendell also spent time as Acting Deputy CIO at the FBI. Oracle Cerner is planning to improve the training that Department of Veterans Affairs clinicians receive to use the VA's electronic health record system. Oracle has signed a contract with Accenture to provide additional support for training procedures. Accenture is currently working to help implement the Pentagon's version of the Oracle Cerner system called MHS Genesis. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. The Zero Trust Summit is now just a week away. You'll hear how agencies are adopting zero trust and modernizing their security postures. It's all happening at the International Spy Museum on February 23rd from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. I'll be there, and I hope you can join us, too. You can learn more and register now at fedscoop.com attend. The Internal Revenue Service still relies on legacy IT for critical day-to-day operations. According to the Government Accountability Office, over 30% of applications, 23% of software instances in use, and 8% of hardware assets are considered legacy systems. Dave Hinchman is a director with GAO's Information Technology and Cybersecurity team. Dave, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, Let's start with how the IRS defines legacy IT and if it's any different than what you see across the rest of government. Sure. So IRS has very specific definitions they use for identifying their legacy IT, uh, and they fall into three different categories. One is applications, which is sort of large scale software programs. Uh, And to be legacy in that, you have to be 25 years or older or be written in an obsolete language. Now, about 33% of IRS's applications meet one or both of those criteria. Um, which is 770, or it's about a third of 776 applications. Um, For software, uh, legacy is something that's two versions or more behind the current version. Uh, And about 23rd of IRS's frequently used uh, commercial off-the-shelf software, so that's Microsoft Office, things like that. Um, But in some cases, they have software that's 15 versions behind current. Uh, And finally, hardware. This is when an individual piece of hardware has reached a specific age based on industry standards. So that can vary by type of equipment. And about 8% of their hardware uh, is legacy. Now, in terms of the rest of the government, it's hard to compare that because it's almost apples to oranges. Every agency defines legacy their own way, depending on what makes the most sense for their business enterprise. Um, And so in this case, while I think looking at IRS's, especially their application definition, 25 years or older, that feels like a lot compared to what you might find across the government. Wow. And and I think there's an obvious answer to this question, but what sort of risks does this legacy IT pose to an organization like IRS? So in the work that we've done at GAO, and we've looked across the federal government at specific agencies, they're really four buckets of problems that we run into with legacy that that create cause for concern. Um, The first is security. Older software is 
harder to keep patched. It might be technically uh, difficult or expensive to address security patches for that. Um, in some cases, older software vendors might not be providing updates, security updates anymore. There's also unmet mission needs. If you think about it, are you gonna meet your mission as effectively if you have older obsolete equipment that you're trying to do that on? Um, there's also shortage of staff with specialized skills. With older computer languages, that's particularly noticeable. And I think one of the things we talk about in our report is that IRS's individual master file, which is the authoritative source for individual tax files, is written in a computer language that isn't even taught in schools anymore. And so with fewer people available with that expertise, you end up spending more uh, to bring those skills in-house to maintain. Uh, and then finally, as I mentioned, also increased costs. Older stuff takes more time. It takes more money to keep up to date. So what is GAO recommending as next steps for IRS to sort of dispose of uh, these legacy IT risks and these legacy IT systems? That's a great question. And what you're getting at is sort of the crux of why we did this work. We looked at IRS's current 21 current IT modernization efforts, um, nine of which specifically address legacy systems. Uh, in looking at the plans for these efforts, we looked for three critical components. Uh, one, had they documented the milestones to complete the modernization effort? Um, do they have a description of all the actions necessary to modernize the system? And finally, do they have plans on how to dispose of the legacy system? Um, you know, in the case of software, maybe you just delete the code, but if you have something that also involves hardware, you need to worry about the physical assets that you're not using anymore. So when we looked at these nine legacy plans out of the 21, um, three had all of those three plan components, but there were six that didn't address the disposition of legacy. Uh, IRS officials told us that they were going to address those a little bit downstream, but I think that until those plans are complete, I would be concerned about the lack of accountability for completing uh, a key stage like that. You know, it's so easy for personnel to turn over or for things to get shoved to the side and forgotten. And really all you need to do is even if it's just committing to a date at which you're gonna decide how to dispose of those assets, I think that would be improvement. And so we um, issued nine recommendations. They're basically centered around completing those plans Gotcha. Uh, and putting those in, in place. And IRS agreed with all of those recommendations. Great. And and the IRS, like many federal agencies, is on the way to adopting cloud computing. And I'm curious, what are some of the potential benefits that IRS is seeing uh, on the opposite side in terms of moving to modern systems like the cloud? Sure. Well, I think you're right. You know, government agencies, as you point out, increasingly moving to the cloud. It's very much uh, an active effort across the federal government right now. You know, you get better, more efficient management of IT systems. You get tighter security controls, among other reasons. Um, and, you know, IRS is looking at this fairly seriously. And I think to the agency's credit, they conducted a business value analysis of 55 applications that they were planning to move into the cloud in FY22. Um, looking at that, they found that 50 of those were going to provide moderate to high value to the organization post-migration. Um, and those benefits included immediate cost avoidance, uh, which is a great thing, uh, reduction in future costs, because you know, as I mentioned, cloud can often be more efficient in terms of updating software, keeping equipment refreshed. Um, they were going to also the less tangible contribution of advancement towards IRS's long term vision for what they're going to be doing in the cloud and, and what their cloud footprint is going to look, 
look like. Uh, and finally, risk reduction. You know, I think tighter security controls is a huge driver for cloud. Uh, it tends to be easier to maintain security um, when you're keeping everything in one place rather than a bunch of little desktops scattered across an organization. Dave, we hit on what I think are the highlights of the report, but are there any other uh, pieces of this new report that you'd like to uh, refer to as, as we close out here? Sure. Well, you know, I think it's important to recognize that any agency's journey to IT modernization is not easy. Uh, the federal government's IT footprint has grown over the decades. It's sprawling, it's huge, and it's often complex. Um, and yes, I think given IRS's aging IT infrastructure, we've talked about the, the older obsolete soft uh, applications they have, that can make the journey a little bit harder. But I think it's important to note that IRS has taken steps to identify um, what needs to be modernized. Um, they have plans in place to address most of those needs. Uh, I talked about what a little bit more we'd like to see to feel a little bit better about that. Um, and they're, you know, they're leveraging things like cloud, um, which can offer a much easier path, excuse me, path to arrive at that sort of elusive modernization goalpost at the end of the road. Once again, Dave Hinchman is director of GAO's Information Technology and Cybersecurity Team. Dave, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. You can learn more about IT modernization at IRS at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll talk to you again Tuesday afternoon. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.